Hi, and welcome to Involuntary. I'm your host, Miss Diagnosed, and on this podcast, we talk about my journey through America's locked mental institutions and some unlocked mental institutions, but institutions nonetheless. Let's get right to the story, shall we? On our last episode, we left off where I was in my first psychiatric hospital on my very first day. I had just been threatened by Bertha Nurse that if I didn't get away from the locked door and stop crying that we could do this the easy way or the hard way. I chose the easy way, dried my tears, and then I was led to my stark bedroom down the hallway by a female nurse. She informed me that we would have to do a strip search. So first she went through my bag. She took all my clothes out, was touching all my things. Um, I didn't understand really what was going on. I'd never been in an environment where they controlled things. Like it never crossed my mind that people hurt themselves. Like it didn't, it just didn't cross my mind that people hurt themselves with objects or things. I mean, but I had been hurting myself at home. But it just, I don't know, it just didn't occur to me. So she was looking for anything that can be, you know, used as a weapon. Remember, they made me take my shoelaces out of my shoes and took those away. And she might have taken a couple things from me that I couldn't have. But the one thing I remember she took that really upset me was the, I had brought the picture, a picture of me and my dog, um, my German Shepherd, and it was a framed picture and it had, you know, like a glass frame. And in, in, in the normal world, you just don't think of those things as being dangerous. But that was a big hazard. So she said, you can either keep the picture and I can take it out of the frame or I can just keep the whole thing. Because I felt like if she took it out of the frame that it was going to be somehow destroyed and that something bad was going to happen to my mom. Yes, I don't know how I make these connections, but that something bad would happen to my mom if anything happened to that picture and that frame. So I just told her to just take the whole thing. I didn't I didn't want her messing with the frame, touching the picture. She'd already touched enough of my stuff and I was I was just really upset. I kind of wanted her not to be done with the search in my bag because I knew after that she was going to do the strip search and now, I wasn't the type of kid that would just do anything you told me. Like, you know, I had I had a mind of my own and I would stand up for myself if necessary, if pushed far enough. But I guess the fact that I was taken so far out of my element and I was in this this strange place with these strange people and not one thing was familiar that it made me lose my it made me lose my ability to kind of like stand up for myself. It just made me kind of like do whatever they told me. I'm trying to think of the word, but it's not coming to me right now. But um, so they made me get, I think she gave me a gown, like a hospital gown, but made me take off all my clothes, including like my bra, my underwear. It was terrible. And she searched through my clothes, um, my clothes. And then she said she had to do a body search and actually look at my body and write down any marks or anything I had coming in. So that's when I had to completely disrobe. And it was just, 
I still don't want to think about it. It was terrible. And if it was me today, I would have refused. Or I would have at least insisted on keeping on, you know, my bra and underwear. Like, I would not. I just would fight it. And no matter what they would do to me, I would have fought it. But at that moment, I was so vulnerable. I just, I just let them do what they said they had to do. And I didn't even argue. Then after she left, um... I just laid down on the bed that they said was mine and I cried and cried and cried and cried until I fell asleep for the whole night. I fell asleep hard and I woke up in the morning totally confused, didn't know where I was, obviously, Um, took me a little bit to kind of orient myself and get myself together as to what was going on. They came down, they said it was time for breakfast. And um, I had to eat on the unit because I hadn't built up privileges yet to go off the unit, which was a whole other thing. So they had ordered me a tray. And (laughs) the one thing I remember was how the food was really good. And I remember the one rebellious thing I did, because growing up in my home, we didn't eat pork. It just, it was a religious thing. It was considered unclean. And so I had never tried bacon before. And they, I had bacon on my plate, and it smelled so good. And I was very hungry after my long night the night before. <laughs> and I remember eating that bacon and thinking, wow, this is so good. And making that, kind of making that connection, like, wait a minute, I've got, even though I'm locked up in this place, I actually, right now I'm having a little bit of freedom because I can eat bacon. My parents aren't there to tell me I can't eat it or the fact that we never even had it in the house. But it was it was a juxtaposition. Like, I'm locked in this place, yet I'm starting to realize that I have freedom from some of my parents' rules. It was just a weird thing that I clearly remember to this day. A, a weird feeling. I It's just the weirdness of the opposites. The opposite of the situation. But my, my, really that day was my, my, my happiness did not last long because I have this, these obsessions, which later on in life, I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder, but I'm having these obsessions that no one knows about. And another one of my obsessions is that I'm going to catch a disease. I'm scared of germs. Now I'm in a place where I realize I'm going to have to share a shower and a bathroom with complete strangers. Now I'm convincing myself. Now this is 1991. Guys, this is a long time ago. And AIDS was a really big deal back then. Like, it was always on the news and on TV. People were dying from it constantly. They didn't really have treatments for it. And it was a very, very scary thing. And even though at the age of 15, I knew and understood how it was transmitted and that it was near impossible for me to get it in any way that I would at the hospital. But in my mind, I believed I could get it just from touching the sink. All of a sudden, this dawned on me. It fell on me like that cloud I talked about in episode one. And so now I'm terrified to touch anything. And anytime someone came near me, breathed near me, coughed, sneezed, if I felt like I touched the table with with my fingertips or something, I would have to go and wash my hands. So now I'm starting this hand washing thing at the hospital. This triggers me to go into this whole germ thing and so every every it must have been literally every five minutes I was in the bathroom washing my hands and 
There was a bathroom right there by the nursery station that we had to use during the day because we really weren't allowed to be in our rooms during the day. So we would sit in the day room and then we could use that bathroom. And for the kids, we would um, sit there and just play games all day. Like we just played games, um, skip bow. I learned how to play skip bow and cards and stuff. And now I'm just washing my hands. And after a few days, they actually started um, chapping. The The soap was really strong, too. It was hospital soap. And my, my hands literally started cracking and bleeding. And I looked at my hands and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what what's happening to me? What? I just didn't understand. And so the hospital actually triggered my obsessions to become worse because now I'm in this new place and I'm developing new obsessions and on the easier side of things the kids were actually really nice um I'd never been around kids like kind of like myself before that were going through things um I'm sure there were kids at school that were going through things but to be with kids that were in a very vulnerable state like I was and they were actually really nice. Um, they didn't tease me or make fun of me, even though I was kind of different looking and different in some ways from them. Um, they would they would let me borrow cassette tapes and we would talk about music and play games and joke around a lot. So I actually got to be pretty good friends with the kids and started to have kind of have fun on the unit once I settled in and got used to the rules and um, started making some, I wouldn't call them friends, but acquaintances and making some connections and not being scared of everybody. There was a nurse, the charge nurse was actually really nice and she would talk to me and Bert and I kind of made up and he was actually pretty nice and funny. So things were feeling a little bit better, but I had this obsessive hand washing that I was going through. Um, I didn't notice, but they were observing me, obviously, and the the hand washing thing did not go unnoticed. So one day I was um, finally talked. They said I was going to talk to the psychiatrist, and he came. He asked me a lot, a lot, a lot of questions in a little room. Um, it was just me and him. And uh, hold on. And. So he was questioning me and he started asking me questions surrounding my obsessions and things. And I'm like, how did he know? How does he know that I think that way and that I do these things? He didn't know right on the nose of things I did, but he was asking, well, do you ever have thoughts that you can't get out of your head? Do you ever have a thought that stays with you? And like just these questions. And I'm like, yes, yes. And I'm thinking, how does he know this? Like. How the heck does he know my secret shame, my secret that I've been keeping for all these years? How does he know this? And um, that's when he he talked to me about obsessive compulsive disorder and that he thought I might have it, um, but they were gonna, you know, do some more talking and talk to my parents. But then he said I was gonna start on some medications, and I've been seeing the other kids. Everyone there took medications when I got there, but I didn't. Um, and he said he wanted to start me on some medications and that, that frightened me because I don't know. I didn't think, I didn't think to myself, why do I need medicine? I'm not sick. 
in my world growing up, you took medicine when you had strep throat or something. You didn't just take medicine just on a normal day. So that was very kind of odd to me, and I didn't really understand what wh- what medicine could do for do for me, or what it, or foreshadowing what it would do to me. Um, but I guess you know at that point it really wasn't much up to me. Uh, it was up to my parents, and I. Um, so later, actually, that very night, they started me on medication. Only thing was, they started me on heavy-duty psychiatric. Um, what are they called? It was called Trilophon. It was kind of like Thorazine. I would la- later learn um, antipsychotics. They started me on hardcore antipsychotic medication. Why? I don't know. I don't know if because of the the time that time they didn't have medications or that's what they used to treat obsessions. I didn't know if the doctor must have just been an idiot or they were just drugging everybody up. Listen, I don't know, but I remember specifically the medication they put me on was called Trilophon. I don't even think they give it out anymore. I think it's some kind of horse tranquilizer or something. For real, I think if you look it up. It was it was one of those like things that's not even meant for human consumption that they started giving to humans. Um, you can you can you can send me a message or comment if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. And um, so that night I was gonna start on the medication, and he said it would make me feel better and that I would, it would help me with my obsessions. And I really wanted relief from that, so I actually felt kind of. Um, anticipatory towards it like nervous about it but then at the same time I was anticipating like oh maybe in my obsessions these thoughts are gonna go away I'm gonna be all better I'm gonna go home and life will be fine I can go back to school I can go back to playing field hockey and softball and it'll just be great so nighttime came and they were giving out medications and they called my name up to the window and the nice nurse handed me a little cup and it had I think it just had two pills in it and I was like what is this and she told me the name which I told you was Chilophon and then the other one pill she gave me was for the side effects of the first pill and I'm thinking what she explained to me she said and if you have sometimes people can have an allergic reaction she called it even though it's really called I think a paradoxical reaction or something but it's a reaction that you have from this hard hardcore medication where like your eyes can roll up in your head and get stuck or you can kind of like freeze your body just these terrible weird odd bizarre things can happen to you and so she explained these bizarre side effects to me and said if I felt any of those things I needed to let them know right away so that they could give me a shot to make the reaction go away and I was like holy crap what am I what am I in right now? What what am I in? So now I'm reluctant to take it. But she says, again, kind of the easy way or the hard way type language. You know, you, you have to take this. You need to take this. Um, there's no really an option about it. So I swallowed the medicine. I sat da- down in the living room. It was evening time. We were watching some TV. And I just, about 30 minutes in, I just started to feel like my whole body was becoming one with the 
couch underneath me. And that was a hard couch underneath me. It's not like you sank into it and went into some sort of lovely paradise. It was a hard couch. And I started to feel like my body was just, gravity was just pulling me down, down, down. And the feeling was, the feeling was frightening. I had never experienced that in my life. You know, as a, I, I even as a teenager, I, I wasn't, I maybe drank like two sips of beer my whole life. I'd never been drunk. I'd never taken drugs. So I never felt this feeling before. And it was intense, intensity. I didn't get any of those side effects she spoke of, but I was having in, it's just an intense an, in, an intense experience that is hard to explain. Um, I felt slowed down, like time was just, people were walking by and it was kind of like there would be a a trail behind them of them walking by because time was not no longer running in its normal way anymore for me and one of the kids came up to me and he said it's trippy right and I was like uh yeah he started laughing and he said, we call it Tripathon instead of Trilathon. So they even had it, the kids had made up a name for it. All the kids were on this medication. Like, I can't believe it thinking back to this day. They were putting literal kids on these tranquilizers, on these, on these hardcore medications. And th- there was, like, no oversight. They were just handing them out to everybody. It wasn't even like they used, used discretion. It was just like that was your automatic medication when you were admitted. And I noticed that um, later on, um, I noticed that down the road that it was just like across the board. Everybody got got prescribed the same meds. I don't know if you've seen like Girl Interrupted, but on the first day she gets to the hospital, they already have medication for her and they make her take it. And she's like, but, and they tell her the doctor prescribed it. She's like, but I didn't see the doctor. And they made her take it. That's exactly what it was. Like, that's what they did. So... That was my first first day on medication, my first experience with what would become years and years of, I'll call it, well, I can't call it an overdose because that is basically what kills you, but I would call it medical abuse with, with medication. Um, they also call it chemical restraint. Um, it was just right heading right down that alley and things just things are just about to get worse from there. Um, That's about my time for this episode, but uh, I'll see you next time, and we'll continue on where we left off. I am Ms. Diagnosed, and this is Involuntary. Thanks for listening. See you next time.